Hello and welcome to the Ampart Rolls podcast, supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Uh, my name is Paul Mann and I will be hosting the show today. Well, it's another three points. We're getting into a lovely habit of winning at home. That's three consecutive wins. Yesterday was a 3-0 win versus uh, Luton Town. And to help me talk through the game and the events and how I think we might be going for a push at the table playoffs, maybe a little bit optimistic, but we'll see. There's Matt Williamson. Hi, Matt. Hello. And we've also been joined by Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. Hey, Paul. Two winning podcasts in a row. Gotta yes. Got yes, to love it. you, Alex, isn't it? It's all down to you appearing. I'm, on I'm here. I'm available every week, Paul, if we keep winning. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what, if it means you have to be on every single week, and that means three points in the back, I'm I'll 100% need sacrifice for everybody. Yeah. Forget your social life. It's Reading FC, Alex. Make the sacrifice. So talking about um, uh, Reading FC, obviously we have multiple news sites now. We have the Facebook, we have the Instagram. So you should get following them. So Alex is running the Instagram. He's doing a great job at that. We've got the Facebook as well with Eric running that one. And there's me with the Twitter. We have the podcast as well. So there's all different ways you can follow us on match day. And um, just get following us and let us know what you think of him. So that would be really helpful. So getting back to the match from yesterday... What do we think of it? Mark it out of 10 performance, Matt, what do you think? Uh, I think it was probably a 7 out of 10. Um, it must be said that Luton were absolutely dreadful. Um, but I thought the three in midfield especially just absolutely ran things. Um, Ejaria obviously scored beautiful goal. Um, Rinomota played that role that I think we've been crying out for, kind of just sitting in front of the back five. Um, and then Swift just created chance after chance, really. Um, nobody else really had to do anything. The back three, the goalkeeper, just... Um, I don't really remember them making a tackle. Um, the wing-backs and um, uh, Richards especially was brilliant. Um, and the front two, if they put their shooting boots on, I think we could have scored oh, five. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't quite happen. Uh, they showed... The beginnings of a nice partnership, though. So I think I think there's real positives there. Yeah, I, I totally agree with all of that. I think it's a fair score. Seven. What do you think, Alex? I think seven's pretty fair, yeah. I mean, as Matt said, the defence didn't really have a lot to do yesterday. Luton, were, they were pretty poor, to be honest, going forwards especially. Um, really didn't offer anything. We didn't really seem to... I don't think we played amazingly, but yeah, we got the job done, which is... I mean, that's pretty much what we've all been crying out for for the past, what, two and a half years to see us put away a team when they're not playing very well. So excellent to see that we just got the job done early, didn't need to worry about a team trying to come back at us late on in the game and, and putting us under pressure. So that was that was really good to see. Yeah, no, it is really good to see. We didn't let them have a sniff, really. They had one shot uh, very early on, eight minutes on the eighth minute from Craney. And that, yeah, that was an important save from Raphael. But like Bowen said after the match, it's so good to see us showing both sides of the game, the determination and also the ability. If you look at the goals that we're scoring, the first one was yet again, a top class uh, set piece delivery from John Swift. Morrison, the band is an absolute monster when it comes to... Uh, Good set piece goals, isn't he? I mean, he doesn't score every single week, but he is so good in the air. How? What did you think of him uh, overall, Alex? Yesterday, uh, Morrison, yeah, played really well yesterday. Um, I, he 
he actually played the ball out from the back quite a bit yesterday. He was given a lot of space by by the Luton Town attackers, um, and and when he wasn't under pressure, uh, where like we've seen earlier this season, actually he can play the ball out when he's not under pressure. Um, I mean, the the goal was a really really well well finished header as well. Uh, he put it past the keeper very nicely, and the keep. To be honest, I think the keeper probably could have done better because it was on his near side. Um, but Morrison's managed to put it right in the corner. Well, pretty much right in the corner. So maybe the keeper. Yeah, maybe the keeper could have done better. But um, it's a very well taken header, and, and like you say, he's such a he's such an aerial threat when he, when we have those set pieces that uh, it's very tough for teams to defend against him. I think. Yeah, as you were saying earlier, Matt. John Swift is just flying at the moment, isn't he? He's in exceptional form. Yeah, I think Ejaria obviously gets a lot of plaudits because his silky feet. But um, I think John Swift really is our primary chance creator. Um, maybe you want to see Ejaria kind of step up a little bit more. Obviously, he scored the goal um, yesterday, assisted against QPR. Um, but John Swift just, I, I think he. Uh, yet again, he had more key passes than anyone on the pitch yesterday. He's still far and above everyone else in the championship when it comes to that. And I think uh, he's certainly back to his best form since joining. Um, and as everyone says, when John Swift plays well, Reading play well. Yeah, I would say he's in his best ever form for the club consistently. He definitely had a good spell, like you said, when it first came in under Yapstam. But for me, as it stands at the moment, there's obviously a long way to go. I'd say he's our player of the season at the moment because of those reasons. He's just consistently playing well, and particularly on those set pieces. They just for two years before they've been pretty poor, but this season they've been excellent. I mean, what some do you of, think, Alex? I mean, some of the passes he played in the first half outside of his set piece delivery. Brilliant. Some of the passes were just ridiculous. Um, there, was, there was an out, outside of the foot pass that he played very early on, which. I think it gave. I think he put Puskas through on goal, um, and that was just ridiculous. Like you're not going to see that more than I don't know five times this season in a championship from anyone. And the fact that we've seen it from Swift probably two or three times already, like it shows that he's he's just a quality passer of the ball. Um, I, I mean, as you say, his set piece delivery, whether last season it was luck or or bad like bad luck or or poor. Poor delivery, just didn't really ever have the you know the finishing on it. I don't know, but this season the the set piece delivery is is definitely it's increased quality wise just massively. We don't seem to hit the first man anymore, which I mean I'm so pleased about that. The amount of times that we hit the first man in the last last year or so during the corner was just ridiculous. So that's very pleasing to see. Um, and we're actually, yeah, like we're actually creating chances and and getting getting headers away from like deep free kicks and uh, and corners. So it, it's an added added weapon to our game. I think if Swift can actually, you know, consistently keep putting in good balls like that, which no one's going to complain about. So hopefully, um, hopefully his set piece delivery continues on that that kind of that kind of quality. Yeah, key factor for that is obviously Rinomoto playing in there and keeping kind of the balance of that midfield because you couldn't, you've got to have the right player alongside Rinomoto. You've got to have, sorry, Swift and Ijaria because otherwise it's going to be incredibly, I wouldn't say lightweight, but you need someone there who's going to do give us the energy. 
What did you think of his performance yesterday again there, Matt, and from Minamoto? Uh, I mean, I thought he was outstanding. I thought he was, well, as I say, all those three in midfield just absolutely ran things. Um, Rinomota in particular, just he he's the kind of player that you're not really going to notice that much because he's not playing the Hollywood passes or anything. He just kind of leaves that to the other two. But he, he won the ball back time after time and he was just always in the right place. Um, I think sometimes he gets labelled as a box-to-box midfielder, which is probably fair. But yesterday he was playing in kind of more of a holding role. Um, and it's exactly the kind of thing that we didn't have under Gomez, um, that one player to just break up play. And yeah, it does help that Bowen's also kind of brought Swift back a little bit to kind of anchor that midfield. But Rinomota would be one of my one of the first names on my team sheet every week at the minute. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, another player yesterday who I thought had his best game in the Red FC shirt was Omar Richards. And the second goal, he's key on that. Wins the ball back when he looks like he's been beaten. And he did that a few times yesterday. So... What did you think of Omar Richards, Alex, yesterday? As you say, it's probably his best game in a Reading shirt so far. Um, I think the the debut that he had up at Derby a couple of seasons ago, um, that was probably the best game I've ever seen Richards play. I think he, he looked pretty good that day. Um, I mean, he's obviously had a few good games this season as well, but yeah, that Derby game really stuck out in my mind. But yesterday he was... Uh, he was up and down that left wing just every single time we had the ball. He was ahead of the attackers every time, calling for the ball every single time um, Ajari or Swift picked it up, looking for the switch. He always found himself in space and he, he's got the pace as well. That he, Although he's not amazing positionally wise when he's defending, he does get caught out a couple of times. And we did see it yesterday in the lead up to that second goal, as you say. But he's got the pace to be able to make up for it. Um, you're not you're not too concerned if if he's two or three yards behind an attacker. Not many attackers are going to get the better of him pace wise. So, yeah, that was it's definitely one of one of the best performances we've seen from Richards. I think in a in a Reading shirt so far. And um, I mean, long may it continue as well with with a beta back as well. Now, Richards is definitely under some pressure to to keep performing as he has this season, if he's going to keep his spot, I think. And to have two left backs when really we've had none for the last couple of years. Now to have two left backs who are playing at this high quality is, is really good. Yeah, totally. I mean, you joined the beat only last week, scored an absolutely brilliant goal. And now we've got Omar Richards who comes in and then puts in his best performance. They've got to be pushing each other. So that's only a helpful thing. But oh, one other thing about Omar Richards, the, the shot he had yesterday in the second half, you can tell he had a he's definitely been taking lessons off uh, off Jordan Labita because he lined himself up to shoot exactly how Jordan Labita did against Preston. He's not quite the same quality there. From Richards. Now, I was sat there in the he'll stand. Get, he'll get there. That point, yeah, you're not Jordan Abita quite. Yeah. <laughs> no, Hopefully, you're getting there. They've got different skills, though. I mean, uh, I think Abita yeah. is better than him defensively. But I think Omar Richards has got a little bit extra pace as well now, obviously, after the injury as well. But the second goal is a lovely pass again from Swift to Ajari, just to play through it. Isn't a key moment in that goal? It's just a little example of the weight of pass he's putting in all the time. But talk us through that finish from Ajaria, Matt. 
Yeah, I thought it was going wide to begin with, to be honest, but he just seemed to wrap his foot around it so well, kind of corner of the box. Um, the guy behind me was getting angry because he'd taken too long, and all of a sudden he shifts it onto his right foot, just curls it into the uh, far post. Um, I'm not sure if the keeper was just in totally the wrong position because he just does not move at all. And it feels like, yeah, okay, it was an excellent shot, but maybe the keeper could have done a bit more there. But um, yeah, it just it shows the quality that Ajaria really has. And um, that's exactly the kind of thing that, um, not critics of him, but I think that's what people want to see him do more because um, that's th exactly what you want from your kind of um, more advanced um, central midfielder is to score those kind of goals. And, you know, I know that you've talked about Ajaria versus Sigurdsson uh, on the on social media and that's the kind of thing like if he's doing that week in week out then he's really going to start to push someone like Sigurdsson in in the history books that is yeah that is uh, when you got involving him on a regular conversation but if you kind of like who's more guilty Sigurdsson at the moment I mean we we'll, might as well just talk about this now John <laughs> Swift or I over Ajaria because yeah. Swift playing those passes that were the outside of the foot the weight of pass I mean, it's lovely to have that choice. I mean, what do you think, Matt? I think I think Sigurdsson, the reason why Sigurdsson is so good and why, for me, he's still the best is because he combines both Ajaria and Swift in that he has, you know, he had the technical ability and he had the ability to pick a pass or shoot. Um, but as you say, at the minute, Swift and Ajaria are really complementing each other. Um, Swift is the one that's going to create your chances. And Ajara is the one really who's going to unlock the kind of defence to be able, for Swift to be able to create those chances. So to have to defend against both of them, it must be an absolute nightmare. Yeah, which is absolutely brilliant, isn't it? Because uh, like you said, I mean, Luton yesterday were missing Izzy Brown. And yet, if you only have one player, and obviously he's a good player, it just makes it so much easier to mark that player out of the game. But when you've got dual threats in the midfield it's really difficult in the championship there's not many teams that have the quality in their midfield to stop both those players and when you've got the movement I think of Puskas and Bulldog even though they didn't score yesterday it's freeing up space for them in midfield because they're making runs and it's lovely to watch I mean just want to say I'm not saying either of those two players are as good as Gilfy Sigerson <laughs> I'm not going to go gonna, I was going to point no that way. out but I thought you know what I'll I'll let I'll let it go but, uh, yeah. no, no 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 Gilfie as good as Gilfy Sigerson but I think there's a there's a comparison to be made at least on the sense of it's exciting to go and watch them play like it was Gilfy yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, don't uh, start um, tweeting us saying, oh, no, <laughs> don't get overexcited. No, I'm fully aware. Just the little glimpses of him, isn't it? And that's enough. But really, Luton, after we scored the second goal, didn't offer barely. I don't think they had a shot on target after they, that. I mean, they had one well, shot. Yeah, they had one shot after we went 1-0 up. And it was from 30 yards, about 60 seconds after we scored. And then after that, they didn't have a shot. Yeah, they were really forming. So, that, and when your manager afterwards is saying that you're being outfought, outplayed, and outclassed, that's that's not great, is it? I mean, Luton looked like a pretty poor team. I think we have to put that into the context of what we've beaten here. Um, they looked devoid of any quality. Maybe it was an off day for them. We can all have them. We've seen that more than enough times with Reading in the last few years. But 
if you go out there and you beat that team that's in front of you and you make it look, I'd say, quite easy, that's a kind of good sign that we're getting the right attitude, which is key, I think, with the players we've got. I think when we look at Luton, yeah, you do need to put it into some context because, yes, we scored three goals yesterday. However, Luton, I think, are now the worst defence in the championship, potentially. It's very, it must be very close that they're not the worst, but I know they've conceded 30 goals now in in 16, which is just, that's just a ridiculous amount of goals. No no team is going to find a, you're not going to find this league easy if you're conceding two goals a game. It's just not not realistic. Um, and the, yeah, there was just a lot of misplaced passes from them, putting it out of play, their players not making runs for each other. Uh, I know on the, the, the podcast we had last last week, um, and, and Jamie mentioned that he, he thought that Millwall would be a tougher test than than Luton, and I mean he was definitely right. Uh, Millwall, uh, there was a there was a couple of comments last week about how Millwall didn't necessarily play that well, and we we weren't we were good because Millwall were bad. And I think once you've seen Luton yesterday, I think that you need to. I uh, uh, hopefully people will put it into context that actually Millwall probably weren't that bad last week, and actually I think we made them look much worse than they probably were. Um, especially in that first half, whereas yesterday, yes, we did play well, but we were definitely aided by the fact that Luton were especially poor yesterday. And I mean, if that's not their worst performance of the season so far, then they are in real trouble. Yeah, I would imagine it would be their worst because, yeah, they look just devoid of any quality all over the pitch. But in the third goal, we saw Gareth McCleary uh, after two and a half years, is it, since he scored a goal? I mean, he t- takes it off the Luton defender, straight through on goal. And I was thinking, just don't miss this, Gareth. Just don't miss this. This is your moment for kind of redemption almost. Because <laughs> he's been kind of basically pushed out of the club almost by Gomez. And it appears from his social media comments that he wasn't treated with respect. He feels that anyway. How glad were you were to see uh, Gareth McCleary back, Matt? Uh, yeah, I'm one that kind of the guys played over 200 times for Reading, I think. Hopefully you're not getting that wrong. Um, And I think he deserves um, this second chance that he's been given, especially if he's going to play like he did yesterday, because he came on with some real fire. um, And kind of there was a couple of occasions he almost nicked the ball off of uh, Luton. And I think that when you compare the Millwall game to to, uh, yesterday's game, um, if you if if we hadn't got that third goal and Luton had somehow nicked something, I think that it really could have set up quite a nervy end. Whereas, um, thankfully, that third goal really did just kill off the game because Luton had had a little bit of a spell where they were getting a bit of possession. They didn't weren't really doing much with it, but you know we've seen that Reading can kind of capitulate sometimes. Um, so it was it was really good to get that third goal and just kill it off. And the finish was was actually pretty good. Like. Um, he still had a lot to do after he'd stolen the ball. So, yeah, I think it's it can be nothing but positive to have, you know, another player in, in good goal-scoring form. Yeah, I'd just love to see harmony in the kind of player coming back. And people have split opinions on Gareth McLean. That's fine. Everyone has their own thoughts on these individual players. But I was really glad to see him back. I think a player like him deserves a bit more respect. And I, just like I've said on multiple things, I will never forget that moment when he scored that goal in the FA Cup semi-final. If you didn't enjoy that goal and that just that moment and the moments when he scored other goals, 
I've seen nothing from him that we say that he's been a bad professional. What happens inside the club, none of us know. But I've just seen no evidence in his behaviour. But what did you think of Gareth McCleary? I think he's going to be good as a substitute. Uh, I think McCleary, yeah, he's he's a substitute player now, isn't he? We, we we're probably quite aware that he's not quite the um, he's not the level he was five years ago when he signed or seven years ago when he signed. He's not he's not that leading championship winger anymore, but he can still come on and play twenty minutes, and he hassles the defenders um, as we saw against QPR when he came on. That we saw yesterday, he does hassle. He will win the ball back high up the field. And I think when we're ahead in games, he's probably a kind of ideal player to bring on. Um, because when you when you need to keep the ball and, and try and keep that the opponents under a bit of pressure, McCleary's going to be able to do that. He's He might not be the best player we've got at the club technically. Um, he might not be the fastest, but he does actually... He will be a willing runner for 20 minutes when he comes on. So I think there's... a there's an argument to keep him in the squad um, in and around the, the 18th, definitely going forwards. I I mean, I can't see... I think Mate is really going to struggle as well to keep his spot in the squad, actually, once Zhao comes back. I know that, obviously, McCleary and, and Mate play different positions, but I think Zhao's probably going to take his spot ahead of, uh, ahead of Mate. And if it comes down to having Mate or McCleary on the bench... Why Why would we put Mate on the bench ahead of McCleary at the minute? Because Mate for the past, what, I don't know, six, five, six games, he doesn't really offer a lot when he comes off the bench, unfortunately. Um, whereas McCleary is a bit of a runner. He will put the defence under pressure. I don't really see that from Mate currently. So I think McCleary's probably got a pretty good argument to keep himself in and around the 18 now for the, you know, for the foreseeable future. Whether he's here after the end of the season, I don't know. I think it's going to be a. I think it's probably going to be the end of his Reading career at the end of the season. I think he'll move on and find himself a team where he's going to get first team football. But we'll see. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it could well be his last season at the club. I think that would be a logical conclusion. He's reached the age where he probably wants to get another contract somewhere else as well and play on a regular basis. But we end up with a 3-0 win. We leave the Medeski feeling quite happy about that. Bit drenched, bit cold, but well worth it. But why is Mark Bowen managing to get the best out of these players? 10 points out of a possible 12 since he's come and taken over as manager. We look a different team. It's a very short window, so let's not say everything's transformed and everything's perfect. But why do you think it's transforming, Matt? Um, I think... I sort of touched on it earlier, is that it, our, our base is a lot more defensive than it was under Gomez. Um, so the wing backs don't start as high up because under Gomez, they were, they were, it was more like a 3 5 2 than a 5 3 2. Um, and then um, we were having one holding midfielder with Ajara and Swift pushing forward, and now it's kind of uh, Rinomota and Swift sit a bit more, uh, a bit deeper with Ajara going forward by himself. So whenever teams kind of try and counter us, there's always more men back, um, which is um, which is just helping to kind of stem the tide a little bit and see us through the the more difficult periods. Because a lot of the time under Gomez, it was we weren't being overrun for the whole game. Uh, yeah, there are there were times where that happened, like Fulham. 
but there were also um, just games where like there'd be five minute spells where we'd concede two goals or something like that and that's not happening under Bowen because of the the yeah the team sitting a bit a bit deeper the shape being a lot better I, I think when uh, we talk about Mate coming on and McCleary coming on the thing that really go against them starting is our shape kind of completely goes because Mate just wants to run the channels and McCleary although can play centrally he, he really wants to play on the wing so I think you saw that when those two came on that we kind of lost that shape a little bit um, but yeah I think it's just yeah I think Bowen's getting the best out of them because we're just not flying forward at every possible opportunity, basically. Um, yeah, we're not going kamikaze. And the substitutes, I think, are better as well. In general, not every single time. I think maybe in the Millwall game, as Bowen admitted, he made the situation slightly worse. But obviously, yeah, defensive setup, I totally agree. Having the full-backs not, or wing-backs, as you would call them, not so far ahead of the central defenders has made a big difference because that left, Liam Moore constantly in a bad position. He was in one-on-ones far too often in matches, and that was definitely not good for him. You're going to say, Alex? It feels like we're playing more of a, a back five, I, I think, under Bowen so far. It, it, I know it's not a back five because of how much Yeardham and, and Richards slash Abita are getting forwards, but you do, um, it, you do see it when we don't have the ball, that both of the wing-backs are much more determined to get back and it's not to say that they weren't determined to get back under Gomez but it feels like they've been instructed that they need to get back in line with the central defenders which means you immediately you're giving yourself an extra two players back there who are ready to cover um I think the other the other point around around what Bowen's doing differently is the ball the game is much faster um we are way more prepared to get the ball forwards with two or three passes uh, rather than let opponents settle, which I think has been really key in terms of chance creation. We're running at teams when we've got the ball um, and, and actually putting them under pressure as opposed to trying to knock the ball around and, and wait for the mistake, essentially, from a, from a defence. I'm not sure we've got necessarily the quality to be able to to do that really um, like knocking the ball around for, for a long period of time and, and waiting for to draw a defence out because most teams in this division will set themselves up to try and uh, try and counteract that essentially and just put themselves into blocks but um, yeah Bowen, Bowen seems to have instructed them to play quite quickly play on the front foot and get the ball forwards not long ball but just directly in the simplest fashion, which I think is definitely uh, helping him out. I think one other major factor is Matt Miazga coming back. I think he's got a nasty streak in him and uh, that has helped us uh, massively. And his defensive quality is not in doubt, but he kind of sets the tone. He's not a nice person on the pitch. I've been through this before on the podcast, but that is what you want to see. And John Swift getting repeatedly close to getting booked putting tackles in. I mean, he out-muscled a Luton player yesterday. When was the last time we saw John Swift actually muscle another player off the ball? Just see it throughout the whole team. Just a little bit nasty and kind of doing all the little horrible things that we kind of associate with a, uh, I dread to say, a kind of uh, Warnock team. But those are the kind of things that kind of help you in the championship, aren't they? You've got to have that little edge and 
I think going into our next three matches, that's going to be key because we've got Brentford away, Leeds away, and we've got Wigan. Now, those first two matches are going to be really tough. How many points do you think, Matt, we can possibly kind of optimistically look at picking up there? Uh, not many, if, if we're being honest. I think Brentford seem to be hitting form now, so that's going to be a real struggle, and we don't always play particularly well away at Brentford. Um, Leeds um, midweek as well. It's last time they came here, we got absolutely decimated, and I can only really see the same happening. But but then again, Bowen uh, Bowen is really, you know, I think I think he's a lot more pragmatic than Jose Gomez is. So presumably, we'll just sit a lot deeper, hope for a couple of points from those games, and then Wigan Wigan away. Um, that's really a game where we could do something. Um, historically, again, we've not played particularly well up in Wigan, but hope it's definitely a game that right now on our current run of form, you'd expect us to go there and maybe nick a 1-0 or something like that. Uh, so may, maybe a push, like three, five points. Yeah, we're definitely not going to... I think we will get beaten within the next three games. So Bowen's unbeaten record is probably going, but it, there, it's a difficult set of fixtures for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. What do you think, Alex? Um, I think the Brentford game, I could see us... I, yeah, I could see us definitely picking up a draw at Brentford. They've struggled at home this season so far. They've only won twice at home as well. Um, and, and one of those games was against Millwall when they were 2-0 down in that game. So there's definitely a, an opportunity there that... Brentford are struggling, and it, and this is I think this is their last season at Griffin Park as well. So, either the pressure's got to them at home this season, and they, they you know are really struggling to play there, or there's just a, a string of bad luck. But they they're not as good at home, I think, despite the fact that their form is picking up. Um, I think they've won four of their last five now, but three of those wins have been away from home. So. Uh, dude, I think there's a chance that we could definitely pick up a point at Brentford. We, like we're playing well enough to to do that. Um, the Leeds game in the midweek again. I think Leeds are they're probably one of the best teams in the division. I don't think there's many people who will you know doubt that. They don't concede very many goals. They, I mean, they don't score many goals either with Patrick Bamford up front. Um, I could say I can, yeah. I think Leeds are probably going to be the ones to beat us. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as comfortable as it was in in March or February, whenever we lost to them uh, um, earlier in the year. But uh, I could see Leeds, Leeds doing a number on us. They they do go to the teams at the bottom of the league, and they do they they do a professional job. They beat Wigan at home. I mean, they they've been Stoke and Barnsley when they've been at home as well. And yes, those teams haven't done that well this season but I don't think there's a it's going to be a struggle to, to pick up a win there definitely maybe again maybe we can pick up a draw against Leeds um, but I'm not really expecting us to particularly um, as Matt says we do seem to struggle against Leeds somewhat um, Wigan away I Wigan away is definitely the most winnable of the three we're going to have this uh, really weird stat and they pick up something crazy like 75% of their points at home since they got promoted last uh, there's, um, since the start of last season. Um, 
they've 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 lost their last two at home. They lost against Swansea. They lost against Brentford yesterday. They got decimated by Brentford three 0 And um, I think we're playing Wigan at the right time. In all honesty, I would much prefer to be playing Wigan after they've lost a few home games than at the start of the season, for example, or near the end of the season when they may be in a relegation battle still. Because at this point, it feels like Wigan are slowly um, just bombing out a little bit. So I think Wigan is definitely the most winnable of the three. As for a points total from the next three, I mean, currently we're on, I think it's 17, 18 points. Yeah, we're on 18 points now. If we can be on uh, 22, I think. So if we can get four points from the three games, I think that's a pretty good return um, from those three. Anything more than that, I think you've got to be very happy with. And I think even three points from those three would not be a disaster by any means. Um, of course, depending on how they come about. But I don't think three points would be would be the end of the world. Um so, yeah, I, I think somewhere between three and five, as Matt said, seems to be the kind of realistic figure. We'll see. We'll see where we come out at, at the end of end of the month, though. Yeah, no, I think about some three or four, because I think we're getting more than that. It'd be a miracle. Um, Leeds, I think they're I can see that being bad. I just got the feeling whenever we play Leeds at home in the last few years it has not been good. Um, Brentford. I hope we get something there. Definitely, because I'll be at that match, sat in the uh, prawn sandwich area in the corporate bit with my uncle, and he's a Brentford fan. So um, I can't lose the Brentford then. <laughs> Sorry? Can't lose the Brentford then. Yeah, I want to see that happen. And Wigan, I think we can definitely beat Wigan, but both teams are thinking that going into that. So, yeah, three to four points. So I also want to say thanks to everyone who's been on the show on our 100th episode. It's really appreciated. I try to get as many people... And fans and current players, even sometimes, and journalists, all their views about Reading Football Club gives us a bigger picture, and that's what I'm looking for. None of us have the uh, ultimate right answer, but we all have our own thoughts. So thanks a lot for listening, and uh, if you've enjoyed it, subscribe, retweet, whatever you want to do with it. So cheers. Thanks a lot. Bye.